Hi, I'm Evan Duncan, the senior pastor of the Baptist Church of Westchester in Westchester, Pennsylvania. I'm so glad you found our podcast channel. On it, we'll share weekly messages as well as other resources we hope helps you as you seek to grow and know Jesus. If you want to learn more about our church or see how you can connect with us, visit bcwc.org. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. And then from Mark chapter 12. The most important commandment, said Jesus, is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And it's on these scriptures that Pastor Mike will uh, elucidate. How's that word? <laughs> Enlighten us. How happy we are, Mike, that you're here. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Um, well, before I begin, I want to share just a little bit about wearing this little beanie that's on my head. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, for the last several months, I've been going through a very um, serious illness where my body immune system has been fighting itself. And so it has caused a lot of discoloration on my skin. So I wear the cap so that you don't focus on me, but you focus on what God has laid in my heart to share with you. So with that said, I want to say good morning to you. And I have to say that it's so good to be back here at Baptist Church of Westchester. I miss I really do miss singing in a praise band with Brian and Emily and the praise team. Um, I miss Emily keeping me under control at <laughs> times. Um, those were good times. Um, I miss running. You know, I have this picture on my bookcase of Glenn Stewart and I, and we had run Brian's run. I don't know that they still do that here in Westchester, but we were running Brian's run. And I miss running Brian's run with him because I always used to have an accident. It was usually my shoestring would come untied and I'd go tumbling somewhere. And Glenn would like that, that mark. But I do. I do really miss running those, those races um, with uh, Glenn Stewart. Um, for me, there's so much history here and stories that I can share about my faith journey and how this church has been such a major part of that journey. I'd like to thank Pastor Evan and Barb Myers for asking me to come and share with you this morning in the middle of Black History Month. For me, it is an honor to, to be standing here at this pulpit where so many of my favorite pastors have spoken from, especially the Reverend Dr. James Olson, who taught me so much about walking the faith there are so many stories from this place that I've shared with my congregation and friends while living in the small village of Cooperstown, New York. They include talking about the good works we have done here in this place together, and also talking about your faith and the challenges you have are, are meeting now. So many of you know 
or remember Cindy Falk, who is also a former member of the BCW uh, and, and her family, they live in Cooperstown, New York as well. And they used to invite me to visit them and at their home up there for vacation. But I have to be honest, they really didn't invite me. I kind of invited myself. <laughs> it was kind of great to just kind of go up there and pop up and say, hi, I'm here. But anyway, when I completed my seminary studies, I didn't realize that their church and a couple other churches were watching me when I would go up and fill in. But their church asked me to be their part-time pastor. And so beginning this year, Cindy and I started a discussion session on race, equity, and justice. Those times have been held at what we call the Cooperstown Village Hall, which is over top of the library. The idea of these sessions came as a result of meeting with many of the young people from Cooperstown High School after the tragic Uvalde shooting. These young folks expressed wanting to learn more about race, more about black history. They wanted to learn about the things that were happening in our world. So Cindy and I kept pushing to find funding for the project. And to our blessing, it came from the American Baptist Home Mission Society. And we are thankful for that. Then we asked professors from Oneonta campus of the State University of New York, known as SUNY, to join us in this endeavor. And when they did, race, equity, and justice was created. To our amazement, in this rather all-white town, the turnout was great. Now, there's one thing that you do need to know. The town may be centered on baseball and everything about the sports because of the National Baseball Hall of Fame being right there on Main Street. Even though baseball players may represent a variety of ethnicity, ethnicity I am one of the only small handful of people of color living in the center of Cooperstown. I've experienced racism and comments. So now you see why I could not let this idea go of having a regular scheduled discussion session about race. Cindy and I gladly learned that people really wanted to engage in this topic. As a matter of fact, people seemed surprised at a church let alone the First Baptist Church of Cooperstown, this small little church, was hosting this event. And I'm not quite sure why that was true. After all, sponsoring such an event seems to be what Christ would have us do. But I guess there are times when people see the church as a group with concerns about themselves any rate, we received many notes and emails thanking us, containing way-to-go messages. We knew that we had to follow God's leading us through our, our fears of taking on this task, a task that actually produced joy. We do promote each session with a poster, and I believe it's up here, um, such as this one that you see, 
for the meeting that will be held this coming Sunday, um, which is on immigration. And as I said, we, we as a little church have really stepped out on faith in, in a culture that is totally different. So on January 21st of the, this year, one of our topics was unknowing his story. Humanizing black men through narratives. The discussion was led by Dr. Howard Ashford, an assistant professor of history at SUNY Oneana. Now, Dr. Ashford, Ashford brought to life the story of two of his distant relatives by first showing a picture of them and asking the group what they saw. Then he had some of those present in, in the meeting, in the audience, read his family's story. He then asked those assembled what they heard. Now, I like sitting in the back because I like watching the people's reaction and I like hearing what they had to say. So as I was sitting there, I listened to people mention slavery. They also mentioned lynching, which was in one of the stories. And from the other story, they recall a young black man being gunned down while traveling home after standing his ground against a white person. But you know what they missed? They missed an awful lot from the man's story. They missed that he had a family. They missed about the hard times of making ends meet. They missed how he saved money to finally own a small piece of property for a house. They missed how one of them became a business owner. They only heard the negative. I assume that is what our ears and brains have been taught to remember over the years. But they missed the person a person who, who lived and breathed. A person who had faith in God. A person who had hope for a better future. A person who had a wife, kids, and a family. In short, they missed the man's story, a narrative. For them, black history was just about being a slave. But there's more to it. There's a real person, a life experience. See, black history tells a complete story, a complex story. It tells a story of many African-Americans' lives and their struggles, their triumphs and their setbacks. It tells a narrative of their families. And most importantly, it tells a story of people who had faith for a better life against all odds. Black history is not, telling, not only telling the story of slavery, it tells a story of a normal, everyday people with all the many challenges and dimensions of living and what it was like for them back then. And you know what? Even now. And I have to be honest with you. I do not believe that black history should be just 
and emphasis for a month, and then we go about our normal business. It should be taught along with every other part of United States history. In that way, it would intertwine with everything that has happened. And see, you may ask me why I believe this. Because black history is a part of this country's heritage. It is an important part of the story of this country. The stories or narratives of those past and present voices should be heard. And again, you ask me why. Because they lived it. It is their story. It gives truth to what has happened. See, history gives us this ability to stop and remember significant past events that have happened and shaped the world in which we presently live. There have been times, including recently, when some people have attempted to rewrite history by omitting so, some harsh realities like the effect of slavery in our country. For instance, in the first half of 2022 through 2023 school year, 30% of the title of banned books were about race, racism, or featured characters of color, according to Penn America. Such action does not help us understand one another so that we can move forward and do better than we did in the past. History is to be shared so that the next generation can strive to be better. We must not hide the voices of history from the next generation. We must share them so that the next generation can learn and strive to maintain and build on the strides in racial reconciliation that has already been made. History is to be remembered so it can inspire hope. And most importantly, if we remove the voices of a person's story of success and failure, of a family and faith, then we only have half a story. History is important, and we must remember the voices of many people in the past, past both black and white, whose hum humanitarian efforts on race had led to some progress. I believe that we churches everywhere, especially if we want to be a multi-ethnic congregation, need to recognize black history. And I am pleased that the Baptist Church of Westchester has been doing that. But of course, this must not be done out of obligation, but out of sincere love for humanity. And that love flows from the love we receive from God in Christ. And I don't care if you're black or white. I believe that through Christ, we are interconnected. And that interconnection includes people of every nation and tribe and culture. Those who have fought for freedom and justice. It's just as we teach our children red, brown, yellow, black, 
white. They are precious in God's sight. So February is designated as a time to focus our attention on African-American history. And in this way, it may help us become better people as we are sensitized to the true history of our nation. We can be more thoughtful, take time to reflect, and be critical thinking, thinkers about the many contributions African-American people have made both to our country and to the world. Getting to know the contributions of others, hearing the voices of all people can help us appreciate each other, appreciate our diversity, and to work together for equality and be inclusive of all. See, we are all God's creator, creation, and we are all important to God. As Colossians chapter 3, verse 11 said that Jim read, here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is in all and is in all. See, Christ is in you, and Christ is in me. This means there is a meaningful connection. You know, many of you know my story of being here, a poor little African-American boy who walked through those doors. You embraced the color of my skin and many of you became mother and father figures to me. Many of you became brothers and sisters to me. You followed Christ's command to love me as your brother, to encourage me to go further than I ever thought possible. You heard my story and you saw the person in the story. You did not take me as you didn't ask me to hide my blackness, but instead embrace it. And now look, because of you and your love, and seeing the person in the story, I am presently a preacher at a church in New York State, working with my good friend sister and sister, Cindy Falk, who is taking courses now to be a lay minister. But I am a preacher of an all-white church that has now started to have African-Americans come through the door. Both of us are teaching in a predominantly white community the values that you taught us and that you practice. They include listening, and seeing through God's eyes and ears a real person to love as God has loved, to stand up for the things, we, things when they are wrong and fight for those who have no voice. You taught us that. And for that I say thank you. And I say keep doing what you are doing 
You have a good pastor. Listen to each person's story. See the person as they come through those doors as God's gift and love them. We are empowered to do all that by following, following the teaching of Jesus. And like the one from Mark 12, 29 through 31, which says, the most important commandment is this, and I truly believe this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. But the second one is just important. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no greater commandment than these. No greater commandment. To my sister Barb Myers, I say to you, keep up the good fight with the Micah group, 6-8, that meet on Zoom. Maybe at times it may not seem like it's, it's making a difference, but stop and think how you, you, are keeping the relationship alive between ethnic color, cultures, sharing their voices with each other online. And I know I said this to you over the phone, and I'll say it to you here again in the presence of my brothers and sisters. Because of you and what you are doing. It is helping me in Cooperstown march forward with the truth and give voice to those who have no voice as we try to bring some kind of positive connection between race. Thank you, Barb. And again, my church family, I thank you from the bottom of my heart as I pray that with with that wisdom and strength will be ours as we continue in our ministries. Now I want to close with one more narrative or story. It is part of our memory from the life of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. His I Had a Dream speech. I took parts. Which in today's world, I... I I'm sorry, I still believe rings true. He said this. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama with the vicious racist, with his governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification, that one day, right down in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be engulfed, every hill shall be exalted, and every mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh, all flesh, shall see it together. I have a dream today. This is our hope. This is our faith that I will go back to the south with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out the mountains of despair, a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangles and discourse of this nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. 
With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to climb up for freedom together, to know that we will be free one day. This will be the day when all God's children will be able to sing with a new meaning, my country, tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing, land there where my father died, land of the pilgrim pride, from every mountain let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring from the hilltops of New Hampshire. Let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the height Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the covered slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain, Georgia. Let freedom ring from every hill and molehill of Mississippi and every mountain. See, when we let freedom ring, when we let freedom ring from every tenement and every helmet, and every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all God's children, black and white, Jew and Gentile, Protestant and Catholic, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old spiritual hymn, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, free at last. That was Dr. King's story. That was his narrative. People saw a loudmouth person, a troublemaker, but that was his story of people coming together as one, joining hands, black and white. So as I close, my prayer is this. May God use us to live our story, our story, so that our narratives will empower those who come after us to love God and love their neighbor as themselves. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Baptist Church of Westchester podcast. If you have questions, want to connect, or looking for ways to support God's work through our church, visit bcwc.org.